time and time again You've proven you're the same Your word will never change You remain the same today God from A to A Faithful, true and true Your word will never fail You remain the same today Steadfast love never ceases Your faithfulness is forever Steadfast love never ceases You changed So defeating Sodom, Egypt, and Babylon, book of Revelation, chapter 11. Uh, Revelation chapter 11, verse 8. Then, the Bible talking about the two witnesses. He said, And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Now, over here he's talking about um, Jerusalem. Talking about the last days um, after the rapture of the church, uh, he mentions that the two witnesses were going to be killed, the two prophets, all right, going to be killed. Then he says, and their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which is Jerusalem, which spiritually is called Sodom in Egypt. Now, we are all aware that Sodom is no more. And the Egypt he's referring to is not the Egypt of today, right? Uh, where also our Lord was crucified. So he's not really referring to Sodom in Egypt, but he's referring to Jerusalem, which spiritually, that means they have the spirit of the city, all right? Now, there are certain cities in the Bible that are spirit cities, all right? They are spirit cities, and they, they represent something in biblical uh, understanding. So, Sodom and Egypt represent something. All right. Let's go back to the book of Revelations again. 
Revelation chapter 17, verse 5. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. So you can see there Sodom, the city has resurrected and is in Jerusalem. Egypt has resurrected and is in Jerusalem. Then he also mentions Mystery Babylon the Great, Babylon also resurrected and is shown in there. Now, um, when he talked about Mystery Babylon the Great um, and talked about Sodom and Egypt, now, these, these cities, uh, they represent something. So, their resurrection represents something. I want you to pay attention very well. On the first day I preached it, I started with Babylon. Today, I'll digress a little into Egypt and how it, how it pertains to you and your Christian life. All right, today I'll digress into Egypt. But let me touch on what I touched on concerning Babylon. I'll come back to Babylon. Babylon is a vast topic. So in, in Babylon, um, something important happens. Nimrod begins to build the Tower of Babel. Now, in building the Tower of Babel, Nimrod, okay, like uh, in Genesis chapter 11, people say that, um, and he was building a tower whose top will reach heaven. Now, that is not theologically sound. So that's why sometimes some... Some people who argue with the Bible looks like they have a field day because they say that uh, how are they going to build a tower of Babel to heaven? I mean, architecturally doesn't even sound correct. Also, theologically, heaven is not a geographical location. So how are they going to build a physical tower to heaven? Now, like I told you, I said when you read your Bible, that part of Scripture, the Book of Genesis, all right, there whose top will reach heaven, all right is in italics, meaning it was not in the actual rendering. So it's not the actual rendering whose top will reach heaven, all right? So the, 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 the translators, now I want to tell you something about the translation of the Bible. It will help us in understand the topic. The translation of the Bible was not done spiritually. It was done by um, scholars. So they had to sometimes put certain words in there so that it will be grammatically correct. Because sometimes some of the things were not grammatically sound. So sometimes they have to fix in some words to be grammatically sound. But something can be um, grammatically wrong but spiritually sound. So you need to understand the spirit of the message to translate it. But most of the time they did not do that. And they were scholars. They were not Christians. They, were, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. So they just translated. Um, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and some part of it written in Aramaic. Then the New Testament was written in Greek. So the Greek scholars would just translate it. You know, and uh, uh, Hebrew scholars who also translate the Hebrew part of it, you see. So it's not necessarily correct that something was written there. So most of the time, what they helped us with was that they put the, the, the things that they added, which was not in the original text, in italics. So sometimes you have to look at it again and um, be able to tell what is correct. All right. I'll give you an example. Have you ever heard the scripture, um, money answered all things? Have you ever heard it? You've heard it before. Now, people say, money answered all things. Maybe we should go there. Ecclesiastes 10, 10 verse 19, he said, feast is made for laughter, and a wine maketh merry, but money answereth all things. Hmm. I know people have used this to argue. Ah, money answereth all things. Money answereth all things. My friend, make money. Money answereth all things. You know, um, no two scriptures, all right, contradict themselves might look like you will require um, 
a division of the word of God, studying the word of God to know whether it's really contradicts or not, but no two scriptures contradict themselves. They are either a translational error or you will need to study it. All right, I'll give you an example. In counting of years, all right, in counting of years in the Bible, um, people from Babylon count from one. The Hebrews count from zero. You see, some of you, when you count, you say zero, one, two, three. Some say one, two, three. So in certain parts of scripture, you see maybe 19 years. Other scripture, the same thing, you see 20 years. No, it was the people's system of counting. So no two scriptures ever contradict themselves. You have to study to know it. So a good example is money answered all things. Because theologically, it's not correct. Who here, you're, 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 you had a parent who, who, or a family member who passed and you went to pay money and came back. Since money answered all things. So then is that scripture wrong? Well, give me that scripture again. All right? Start from verse 18. Context. Someone say context. When you're studying the Bible, context is key. What's he talking about? All right. So he says, By much slothfulness the building decayeth, and through idleness of the hands the house droppeth through. All right. Then he comes to 19. He says, A feast is made for laughter, and wine maketh merry. So you have a feast made for laughter, my wine making merry. All right. Check King James Bible. All things is in italics. Check it. Correct? Do you have that? Do you see that? All things is in italics. That means it's not there. And we can take it out. When we take it out, we'll understand what he's saying. So he says, a feast is made for laughter, and why make it merry? Key, the column. Column means, he's talking about the same thing. So, but money answereth all. So what is the all he's talking about? A feast made for laughter, and the wine making merry. So, money cannot answer all things. But he said money can give you feast. It can also buy you wine. Okay, so back to what we're looking at. So, Babylon, so you go back to um, Genesis chapter 11, when they were building a tower to, re, to whose top will reach heaven. Over there you see again the italics over there, whose top will reach heaven. Now, the top will not reach heaven. Alright? So, if you check your King James again, where do you see the italics? Reach. May reach. May reach. So, it is Who's top? Heaven. To heaven. Who's top? To heaven. Does that sound correct? Grammatically not correct. But then it was actually a truth. This is what actually happened. It was Nimrod who was building the, the Tower of Babel. And he was building, and at the, at the, at the top of the, the, the tower was a place where they built a shrine to whom they call the queen of heaven, Semiramis. So, okay, you can even, you can, well, it's not a, a good place to be making search all the time, but this, this one, you can, get, you can get it on, um, when you go to Google, you can, check, you can type ziggurat. Ziggurat was a kind of uh, building, tall building, all right, skyscraper. And at the top, you see the shrine. You can check the image. You see the shrine over there. So the shrine there was made for the queen of heaven. So it is who's top to the queen of heaven, not to God in heaven. Now in the last days, mystery Babylon will be resurrected. Now we are seeing, even though Babylon in its um, nation is not resurrected, but the spirit of Babylon is at work. But let's go to Egypt today. Now Egypt is a very interesting place because you see Egypt 
There's something striking about Egypt. Egypt is a place that it's not really clear. At one point in time, Egypt is a place of refuge. At that point in time, Egypt is a place of bondage. So Egypt is not really clear. Abraham went through Egypt. There was a time there was famine, and Abraham went to Egypt. And Pharaoh took his, his wife and told, and told Pharaoh that that was his sister. So he came out. Jesus, when Herod was looking for him to kill him, went into Egypt. He was taken into Egypt. And afterward, Matthew chapter 2, verse 20, the Bible says that the people who seek the life of um, Jesus were dead, so he came back. So Egypt looks to me like a place where people got refuge. Now, Egypt is a place where you get to understand the estimations. 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 You know, estimations is colored by our civilization and our culture. So when a man is not brought up to understand the estimations of God, he will take the estimations of the world. All of us sitting here, we are victims of the estimations that were passed down to us. Let me show you something in Leviticus 27. I'm now entering the thing well. Leviticus 27. Start from verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Now, the, Leviticus means um, uh, holy living. So, this is how you begin to understand God. All right? When he says holy living, it's not like living a holy life. No. Uncommon living. How you understand walking with God, you understand things that pertain to God. All right? So, the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, say unto them, When a man shall make a singular vow, the person shall be for the Lord by thy estimation. Hmm. We are all important to God, but we all don't hold the same value before God. You will see it now. We are all important to God. Now this, even though it's in the Old Testament, shows us how to understand God's thinking. Verse 3. He said, And thy estimation shall be of the male from 20 years old, even unto 60 years old. Even thy estimation shall be 50 shekels of silver after the shekel of the sanctuary. Hold on. What's he saying? All right. So thy estimation shall be of the male from 20 years old, even unto 60 years old. Even thy estimation shall be 50 shekels of silver after the shekel of the sanctuary. Now, there is shekel of the sanctuary. That means there is... Okay, let me use dollar and CD. So, what he's saying over there is that, okay, number one, you, you, you price the male between 20 to 60 as 50 shekels of, this, of, of silver. But you're not going to use the, the exchange rate of the people outside. Say so you use the exchange rate of the sanctuary. So you know a man's value in the eyes of God by how valuable he is in the house of God. Okay, verse 4. And if it be a female, then thy estimation shall be 30 shekels. Now, why was this so? Let me, let me explain. At that time, because it's not so now, because in Christ Jesus, there's neither male or female. Right? At that time, they checked the estimation of the child, whether male or female, by the ability to go to war. Okay, verse 3 again. And the estimation shall be of the male from 20 years old, even unto 60 years old. Alright? Why 20 years old? Numbers chapter 1. And the Lord spoke unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai and the tabernacle of the congregation on the first day of the second month, the second year after they were come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Take ye the sum of all the congregation of the children of Israel after their families by the house of their fathers with the number of their names, every male by their poles, 
from 20 years old and upward, all that are able to go forth to war in Israel. So when the boy is 20 years, he's able to go to war. So then his value increases. Because in those times, the ladies and the children were victims of war. So they check the shekels, right? Say, if, you, if they have a meal, so go back to Leviticus. So the estimation of the, of the guy is how relevant he can be to Israel. Go back there, Leviticus. And thy estimation shall be of the male from 20 years old, even unto 60 years old. Even thy estimation shall be 50 shekels of silver as a shekel of the sanctuary. Verse 4, he says, and if it be a female, then thy estimation shall be 30 shekels. All right, verse 5. And if it be from five years old, even unto 20 years old, then thy estimation shall be of the male 20 shekels of silver. Remember, now the male, when he's a child, the value drops. Your spiritual maturity increases your value in the eyes of God. Because when there's war, you can partake. When there's problem, the children suffer most. And for the female, 10 shekels. Verse 6. And if it be from a month old, even unto five years old, then the estimation shall be of the male five shekels of silver. And for the female, that estimation shall be three shekels of silver. All right? And if it be from 60 years old and above, if it be a male, then the estimation shall be 15 shekels. Now, the more, now, from 60 years old, it is believed that now the person has lost strength. He's no longer strong again. So the value again drops. Now, that's how it will help, that's what will help you to see how God does his estimation. So there's an estimation in the eyes of God. When you come into, now this was the problem. Remember I said Abraham went into Egypt and he came out. Jesus was taken into Egypt and he came out. The issue with Egypt is that when Jacob went into Egypt to go and find food because of the famine, they stayed there. Egypt was a place meant to be passed through, not a place to pitch a tent. When they stayed in Egypt, they became slaves in Egypt. Egypt is the world. The world is a place that you pass through. The world is not a place where you pitch your tent and take their estimations. Because Egypt too has estimations. Many Christians have pitched a tent in Egypt. Before they realized they became slaves in Egypt. Not too committed to God to be deep in the world. Not too deep in the world to be committed to God. The most miserable Christians. Huh? I lost one third of my members. So I lost one third of them. Because when people have decided what they want to do, not even God can help them. Egypt. They love Egypt. Remember what they said? They said they remember the garlic and the onion in Egypt. You've not seen it. Let's check it. Satakabaya. Numbers 11, verse 4. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lasting, and the children of Israel also wept again. Now, let's start from Numbers chapter 11, verse 1. Let's start from verse 1. And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. Hold on. Never complain. God doesn't like it. Better to pray. Many people are complaining. They think they are praying. When the people complained, it displeased the Lord. God doesn't like complaining. Another thing God doesn't like, murmuring. You see it. Murmuring. 
Uh, every day prayer, prayer, prayer. 21 days, and after 40 days. What's, 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 only God knows what we are going to do after 21 days. All my body is gone. Hey, that church, I'm not going again. Hey, they fast, Papa. Hey, Christianity is not that serious. 12 hour prayer, 6 hour prayer, 3 hour prayer. What? Only then the devil is chasing them. Giving, 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 giving. They give January, they give February. Why? And one of the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it. And his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned among them, and consumed them that were in the uttermost part of the camp. Now, remember, the fires consumed them. I thought they should repent. No. Verse 2. And the people cried unto Moses, and when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. After the fire was quenched, you would think that, okay, they should change. Okay, verse 3. And he called the name of the place Tabera, because the fire of the Lord burnt among them. Verse 4. And the mixed multitude that were among them. Now, who were the mixed multitude? The mixed multitude were... Other people who also went to pass through Egypt because of the famine. Remember, the famine was all over the world, and these people just went into Egypt. So they, were, they definitely won't be the only people. So when they went in Egypt, now what has happened is that Israel are slaves, but there are other slaves too. Israel is not the only slave. The Bible focuses on Israel being the slaves because the Bible was, was about them. So it's not like a historical book that's about all the other people that were slaves. So other people were also slaves. So all these people are slaves there. Now Moses comes to release the people. What will you do if you were another from another country? <laughs> yeah, you're from another country and there Israel goes, ah, we all, we all it's not, said, okay, they are counting. Israelite, Israelite, Israelite. So Israelites, you know, you hear names like Joel, Jael, uh, is it Samuel? What again? Miguel. <laughs> Manuel. Eh? Ezekiel. So you see the people are passing, passing. So they ask one guy. He's one like the ask of Quekuel. <laughs> and a guy passed. And when the rest realize that, ah, that's how they are going. Jeremiah, Isaiah, eh? Nehemiah. So they realize that it's El and Aya. So, the other. So the people were now adding Aya and El. Aya and El. El Aija. El Aisha. People were just adding. So they were called the mixed multitude. They were not Israelites, but they joined the Israelites. Elmina. <laughs> and the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lasting. What does it mean? That means, they, okay, NLT. Then the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt. Do you know that there can be mixed multitude in church? Some people have never entered a club before. They started when they met a certain person in church. Because the mixed multitude were among the Israelites. I think they were even the ones who suggested that they should make a God. I think so. Well, from this one, I suspect them. They began, no, some people come, came to church innocently and, oh, everybody is serving God, everybody lifting their hands. And after a while, you know, you know, and it always starts like that. Always starts like that. One funny um, uh, we are friends. We are friends. We all go to church. We all go to the same church. They say, a certain party, let's go to the party. Then you end up in the party. But you look at this, your friend. Then you see your friend dancing. Then you, you thought, no, 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 no. 
front to me, oh no, just re just release yourself. Like it's not it's not anything. Like we'll, we'll go to church on Sunday. It's not it's not anything. They are mixed multitude in church. So look at this. Then the foreign rabble who were traveling with Israel began to create the good things of Egypt. And the people of Israel also began to complain. Have you seen? The good people were not complaining before. When the foreign rabble began to complain, these people began to complain. When the Bible says evil communication corrupt good manners, it is as real as day and night. So what God, what God um, 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 prescribes for us is that we don't have communication with such people at all. Why? Because he said, he didn't say your good, your good will, will, will influence them. He said, that communication, you will be the one who, who will be influenced. Go back to King James. So now we get the context. The foreign rabble. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lasting. They began to crave. They fell a lasting. All right, King James, fell a lasting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? Now all this while, these people have been eating free food from God. They did not... Pay money, they've been eating manna, they've been eating manna. They never thought anything was wrong with manna until the mixed multitude began to remind them of their meats in Egypt. For two years now, you've been coming to church, lifting your hands in worship. Nothing in the world entices you again until somebody knows now bring this in. Relax, 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 relax. I heard some lady say, Hey, me, I cannot, me, me, I cannot be with a guy who every day his hobby is praying. Hey. So sometimes let's watch movie, let's go to, I'm not saying this one, was, it's not a story I'm making up, it is a real thing I'm telling you, that some ladies, they are even, they are, uh, I, that, that uh, uh, conversation was on Twitter, yeah, they were saying it, uh, uh, the church brothers every day, Rhapsody, 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 every day they will call you in the morning, have you read the Rhapsody, what is all that, let's go to movies, let's go do this, and that. You, are, you are being influenced by the foreign rabble, oh pastor, but you cannot pray every day. Who said? Paul said, pray without ceasing. Have you done it? <laughs> oh, no, no. Who, who told you that? You know, sometimes you are beginning to crave the good things of Egypt. Sometimes, you know, movie night, just going to watch movie, you know. Pastor, it's not realistic. Pastor, what you're saying, it's not realistic. It's not realistic. You know what's influencing you? TikTok. TikTok is influencing you. Because you saw, you saw that somebody has given flowers, has going to buy flowers for his girl. So you are thinking that, oh. Like, then all of a sudden, you begin to look at your husband-to-be. I don't mind again, I don't mind again. Because every day, today he brought how to pray effectively. Tomorrow he brought join this chariot. What? As you buy flower. What you don't know is that these estimations, these flowers, and you were taught. The day you are also taught and you begin to realize that the estimation of the word of God, Job said, I have esteemed thy word above my necessary food. Then the day somebody will buy a, um, um, a Christian material for you, it will be to you like a flower. See, some people are still fighting with what I'm saying in their mind. <laughs> See, estimation. Let's go, let's go back to Egypt. Get numbers. <laughs> now, these people just witness fire-burning people, oh. So shall give us flesh to eat. Verse 5. We remember the fish sky. See, see, let me tell you this. The people had, in, in a sense, a genuine reason to complain. Can you eat bread every day? The people, in, they had a genuine reason to complain. You'll be eating fish, meats. Then you come into wilderness, God, no variety at all. 
manna, in the morning manna, in the evening manna, every day manna. The, the manna, they comes, they, they, they beat it, they bake it, and they eat it. Cake, every day cake, I'm not for cake. Every day cake, 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 Monday cake, Tuesday cake. Where's the cake? God, very boring, I'm telling you. Every day cake, 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 cake. And they'll, cake. They'll, they'll eat cake, they'll drink water. They'll eat cake, they'll drink water. They'll eat cake, they'll drink water. Then the mixed multitude began to remind them. Have you, have, have you ever uh, realized that when people began to talk about setting food, all of a sudden your mouth begins to... Mm, mm. Remember the fish. Mm. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, all those weeks and months and years of cake that you didn't buy. See, ah, every day cake, 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 cake. They became ungrateful. We remember the fish. So in Egypt, there was fish. They were eating fish. Egypt will give you some good things to taste. There are some people. They are in the center of Egypt. <laughs> as I preach this place, if you are in the center of Egypt, you can be you can be fighting with me as I sitting now. Came to church. They are telling me that time I'm an Egyptian. <laughs> we remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely. You know, most things in Egypt are free. Free. You can do this one. It's free. No, you can, you can, you can, you, you, you can, you can marry four. You can, you know, it's, it's free. It's free. It's free. It's free. The person is my friend. Like, there's nothing between us, but like, we can be doing things. Like, we are just free. Hey. We're just freely doing it. Hey. Because God, God said that you, before you do it, you have to wear ring. So much stress. In Egypt, it's free. Because God is stressing us. God is restricting. Before you eat fish, it is after some time that really, really, huh? no strings attached. We remember the fish. We did eat and eat it freely. The cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. Hey, spices, spices, spices. Understand? God, his, his, his food is too raw. No spices. No, like, no spices. God is too raw. Give this to me in the message. Verse 5. Uh, <laughs> uh, spices. Wow. The misfits among the people had a craving, and soon they had the people of Israel whining. They had the people of Israel whining. Why can't we have meat? We ate fish in Egypt and got it free. In other words, God, the food you are giving us is free. This one too was free. You didn't really do anything. Hmm. Uh, to say nothing of the cucumbers and the melons, the leeks and the onions and garlic, but nothing tastes good out here. Hey. All we get is mana, mana, mana. And you know the meaning of mana? What is this? All we get is what is this? What is this? What is this? Yeah. Go back to King James. Free things. I want to live my life, Egypt. Free. I want to be who I want to be. And who you want to be is to be naked. I want to be who I want to be. Free. And who you want to be that you remove yourself. It's confidence. Yeah, I have to show my confidence. I'm confident in my body. That means you have to remove it for all of No problem. 
but God will tell you to cover it. You know what God told the children of Israel to let you know how he thinks about these things? He said when they were, they should not, they should not make um, the place of worship in high places because those times they used to wear overall. He said they should make it in high places so that when they are going up to worship, people will not look under their skirts. Yes, that's what God told them. So they should worship on the ground. Because somebody is climbing steps and everybody is... We are going to worship, we are going to worship, then it turns into another thing. All right, verse 6. But now our soul is dried away. There's nothing at all besides this manna before our eyes. Verse 7. And the manna was a coriander seed. And color thereof was the color of bedellium. So it was a coriander seed. That means it was made of uh, 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 seed. That is God's system. God's system is the seed system, the seed principle. Not necessarily seed as in sowing a seed, no. No, the seed, I would say the word is the seed. God's system is his word. God wants you to live by his word, not by the free things that Egypt gives you. Because that's not where you are from. You have to defeat Egypt. You have to defeat Egypt in your mind. Don't let Egypt influence you. We have estimations in our kingdom. Did you see that? Okay. Verse 8. And the people wept about and gathered it and ground it in mills and beat it in a mortar and baked it in pans and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was the taste of fresh oil. Eh? So they beat the seed. When, when, the, when the manna fell, they beat it, they made cakes of it, and they taste of it like fresh oil. The seed that represents the word of God. The oil there represents the ministry of the Holy Spirit. As a child of God, these are the things that are given to you. So why are you going to marry the guy? Huh? Because God said so. It might not be the height you are looking for. I'm telling you. It might not be. It might not be. But you are not from Egypt. It might not be of the nationality you are even looking for. Oh, for me, I cannot marry anybody except it's 6'3". Go to the light pole. That's what... <laughs> what are going to be your cogitation? The things that you are going to think about. See? What are going to be the things that you are going to think about? When you're taking very important life decisions, what the word says about it and what the Holy Spirit inspires you to do. You're not from Egypt. So I said, in Egypt, you'll find, so in Egypt, you'll find estimations. So let's look at Egypt and some of their estimations. All right? Some of their estimations. And like the estimation of the world, the thing that, you know, the world, Jesus Christ said, the world hated me. What are some of the things that Egypt kicks against that you need to be aware of? You see, sometimes you can be a Christian and you are, you are full of Egypt. Full of Egypt. You're from Israel, but you're full of Egypt. Guess what? None of those people who were in Egypt entered the promised land. The only people who entered the promised land were those who were born in the wilderness. Because all they had seen was miracles. All they had seen was God's divine provision. So, Genesis 46. Number one thing you will see in Egypt is hatred of shepherds. <laughs> Remember what I said concerning Egypt. Egypt is not a place you stay. You ever heard the song? This world is not my own. I'm just passing through. Treasures are enough. Somewhere beyond the blues. The angels beckon me from heaven's open doors. And I can feel at home in this world anymore. So Joseph knew it. He knew Egypt is not a place supposed to stay. But he told them, he said, he knows he's going to die in Egypt. But they should carry his bones along. Because Egypt is not a place to stay. 
Egypt is a place you pass through. It's a place you do business. Joseph was doing business in Egypt. Egypt is a place you do business. It's a place that you, you, know, you go to win souls. Egypt is a place that you go to establish God. When you finish, you come out. You don't stay in Egypt. You don't pitch a tent in Egypt. You don't start sitting where they sit. You don't start uh, uh, valuing the things they value. So let's look at Egypt. Egypt has standards. They have certain standards. Number one, hatred of shepherds. Genesis chapter 46, let's start from 32. Verse, I mean, let's start from verse 13. Maybe that will be a better place. All right. And Israel said unto Joseph, Israel there is talking about Jacob, said unto Joseph, Now let me die, since I have seen thy face, because thou art yet alive. Verse 31. And Joseph said unto his brethren, unto his father's house, I will go up and show Pharaoh, right? And say unto him, My brethren and my father's house, which were in the land of Canaan, are come unto me. And the men are shepherds, for they are... For their trade had been to feed cattle, and they have brought their flocks and their heads and all that they have. And it shall come to pass, when Pharaoh shall call you and shall say, What is your occupation? Verse 34. That he shall say, Thy servant's trade had been about cattle from our youth even unto now, both we and also our fathers, that ye may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every shepherd is an abomination unto the Egyptians. You see why they fight pastors? Every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. Hatred of shepherds. Be in your house. Just pray five minutes a day. Nobody's going to touch you. Start praying one hour, two hours. And let them start seeing you preaching. You will see. You are in your class. You are in school. You are at your workplace. When you were on the fence, nobody cared. You just did your morning devotion, five minutes. Oh, Father, thank you for everybody. Thank you. Thank you for mother. Talk to my father. Thank you my uncle, my auntie. For my siblings, everybody, right? Okay, sure, bye. <laughs> nobody, nobody touched you. The moment you became a Bible study class teacher, all hell broke loose because Egypt hates shepherds. Joseph told them, he said, hmm, listen, listen to me. Never forget this. He told them, he said, you people have been shepherds. When you go to Pharaoh, when he asks you what is your occupation, he says, say you are shepherds. Is that so that they will give you a place in Egypt that is not in the center of Egypt? Because if you get to the center of Egypt, you will be like the Egyptians. So they will give you Goshen. That is the reason for the church. If not for the church, we will pick worldly values. Because in the church, that when we come, we hear the values of God. We hear the things that Jesus wants us to do. We hear, we hear some of the, 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 the teachings of Jesus that now guide our lives. So we can be in the world, but we are not of the world. So they'll be in Goshen, even though they're in Egypt. So, and the Bible talks about when Moses was, was, was bringing forth the plagues. I would say, there was darkness everywhere in Egypt, but there was light in Goshen. So there can be darkness in the world, but there's light in the church. The church is supposed to be the place of light. It's supposed to be the place of refuge. When people are looking for, for, for light, they're supposed to find it in church, even though there's darkness in Egypt. Hatred of shepherds. Listen. If you've started a, a, a walk with God and people are looking at you somehow, no, no, just know that they are not going to like you. Just understand it and move on from it. Move on. Move on. A dear lady was telling me a story. She said, the moment she started coming to church here, said, family began to treat her anyhow. I said, move on. Move on. Move on. I said, if you consider it, you go back. If you consider it, you go back. Consider it, you go back. Move on. But sometimes like, how do I move on? That's my family. You have to move on. What about not just family? Friends. Move on. Those friends you used to like so much, the best of friends, now it's like, because now you are into God, you're always going to pray, they feel judged by you already. When you come around, they feel judged. So then it begins to cause, you know, a rift between the two of you. Now, you know, as though they begin to hate you. 
Everything will fall apart first before everything comes together. You have to allow it. You have to allow that friendship to die. Remember all the nice times you went out, you have to allow it to go and pick good friends in church and start new friendship. You know some people, really, they just go on and say, oh, you know what, pastor, I want to change them. You want to change them, and in your heart, you know it's not change, you want to change them. You want to be in a place where they say, you still want to be with them, you still want to be nice, because they're being your friends. Jesus Christ said, the world hated me. They hate shepherds. God's people are shepherds. You know, a set of people that uh, scarcely complain, even in church. People who are doing something, scarcely complain. And at the church, you know, they are not doing this. And at the church, when you sell leader, you never say that. Sell leaders don't say that. No, sell leaders don't say that. Shepherding is not for pastor not to do. You have, a, you have something to do. Don't, be just, don't just be in your cell and be a professional cell member. Nobody is anointed to be a member. After a while, go and see your cell leader. I want to start the Bible study class. What will, when I got born again, I entered church three, three months, I was a cell leader. Do something. I have to do something. Listen, you are wondering what you preach. When I got born again, the first message I preached is wrong, but it's still fine. <laughs> Should I tell you my first message I preached? Genesis chapter 6. I'll tell you how I preached it. Confidently saying rubbish. <laughs> and you know the busy thing about God? God knows. God knows. Genesis chapter 6, verse 6. This was my first message. And he repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. And he grieved him at his heart. Give it to me an ivy. Because the repented God is too, too bougie. This repented God. Okay. And the Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth. So my message was, why are men making God regret? You are making God regret with your life. Oh, when people hear me say, oh, I've, I've, I've made God regret. So this was my message. So you are, why are you making God regret? Human beings are making God regret. Remember your sins. You're making God regret. And they all remember, oh, yes, it's true. Last week, this was a, oh, God. So human beings, that's what we are doing. So my first message. Let me tell you, I roam everywhere with a message. Hey, dormitory to dormitory. I'll go to every dormitory. Open to Genesis after 6. <laughs> open to Genesis. Before, before I start, before I start, open to Genesis chapter 6 now. My mates did not listen to me. After a while, because the message was too hot for them. But the juniors were listening <laughs> if you don't listen, I'll punish you. <laughs> the Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth. And his heart was deeply troubled. I've never checked this thing in message translation. Maybe we should check it. To make my message hotter. <laughs> God saw that human evil was out of control. Why are you people out of control? I preached a deep message from there. That's all I knew. That's all I knew. Oh boy, and I'll never forget this. One day, God expressed so much, some confidence in me that, you know, that's one of the reasons why I always give people opportunity. Because God expressed confidence in me that I, I couldn't believe it. And what happened? I got a boy born again. He was in my junior secondary school, so we already, I already knew him before. We got so I'm now born again. We used to sing together when I was, not, when I was in the world. But now I'm born again. This guy's also... Um, I'm trying to get him born again, so I get, I get him to, to also be born again. And, um, uh, he, but he can't speak in tongues. I can't speak in tongues. And I didn't think that I'm qualified. In fact, when I spoke in tongues, I didn't think I was qualified to receive the tongues. So like, I felt like, hey, I can speak in tongues. 
like my father, like, like those people who speak in tongues. I can't believe it. So I couldn't already believe it. So not to talk about going to pray for someone to receive in tongues. No, no, I'm not, I'm not there yet. So I, so I told him, I said, you should keep praying to the Holy Spirit. You'll get it. So one day, I was just in my room. There was lights out. He went, he was a singer. So he went for a cappella meeting. While they were doing a cappella, if you were advertised in Peter's, you all know what I'm talking about. A cappella groups, man. Powerful, you know. Ready to go, ready to go, ready to go. Lord, I have hope. I have hope. Oh, my dear Lord. Well, wait away, oh, so. so. The guy is singing. Then for the first time, the guy says he hears the voice of God. And God tells him, he should come to me. Me. I couldn't believe it. So I'm just lying down, and he comes. When he comes, he said, he said, he said, he came, he mentioned my nickname, you know. I was just singing, and God said I should come to you now. Hey. <laughs> now, of course, I didn't behave like, I don't know what you're talking about, no. I just came and I said, okay. <laughs> I came down. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just maybe, say, two months into Christ. I just came down, I, I wore my slippers. I was just thinking, okay, God said to come to me, what, what do I do? What do I do? Then I just got an idea. That's when I started knowing the voice of the Holy Spirit. That he speaks through my thoughts. He, he speaks on the inside. I just got an idea. Okay, there's a place I used to pray. Okay, just take him there and go and pray. Nobody taught me these things. Because when I got born again, I didn't stay in a church. I went back to school. And nobody was there to mentor me. All the, all the um, Christian Union guys, the Scripture Union guys, they didn't, have anything, they didn't want to have anything to do with me. The day I told myself, I just want to share my testimony at SU. They said, no, they have to observe my Christianity first. <laughs> they want to be sure. No, of course, you would like to be sure. I used to take the junior's irons to go and exchange for fufu. So you have to be sure <laughs> that I'm not coming to exchange something. <laughs> and you dare not ask me. You will kneel down. So... Michael comes to me and I, I, I said, okay, sure. We go to the room. And I said, let's pray. So I said, you pray in English. Let's pray. Let me, I'll pray in tongues. So he's praying. He goes, oh, Father, dear Lord, as he's saying, I'm speaking in tongues. I get an idea. So you remember how the man who led me to speak in tongues, you remember how he did it? He made me say a prayer. And when he finished, he laid his hands on me and he told me to start speaking in tongues. Okay, so remember that process? Okay, do the same thing. Hmm. I get the idea. I said, okay, let me do it. I say the prayer exactly how they said it to me. Then, when he finished saying, he said, I should say, I should just thank God that I speak in tongues. At that time. So I said, okay, thank God that you speak in tongues. He began to thank God. And I laid my hands on him. I said, begin to speak in tongues. This guy begins to speak in tongues. Hey! Then I saw that I'm powerful. Guess what? The guy didn't just speak in tongues. He spoke in tongues. He started interpreting tongues. At that place. Hi. Hi. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't know how I walk out of the place. <laughs> Guess what? There's SU people, there's, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. And they always used to preach that, you know, tongues is for selected people. You don't need to worry yourself. 
If you cannot speak it, no. Then I start going dormitory, dormitory, filling people with the Holy Spirit. Ah, well, how was I doing it? Same procedure. I go there and say, you want to speak in tongues? Yes. Close your eyes. Say this, say this, say this. Now, it got, it got to, it got to the, 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 the Christian Union guys. It got to them. They started asking me questions. So their leader came to ask me, how are you doing it? I said, you know, um, it's a special gift that God has given to me. <laughs> Listen, be a shepherd. Lead somebody to Christ. Lead somebody to speak in tongues. Bring somebody to church. It's important. It's important. And if you're already doing it, don't stop it. Don't stop it. The fact that the world hates shepherds doesn't mean we should stop it. We will not stop it. Defeat Egypt. Defeat Egypt. Then flock with your fellow shepherds, the good ones. Be with them. Follow mm, with the good ones, to be precise. Flock with your fellow shepherds. Wanna be more like you. Wanna be a vessel you work through. I wanna be more like you. Wanna be a vessel you work through. I wanna be more like you. I'll add the last one. Genesis 43. Genesis 43. It's my dream. To be the one you want me to be, to be the one you want me to be. It's my dream to be the one you want me to be, to be the one. You want me to be And it's my dream To be the one You want me to be To be the one You want me to be And it's my dream To be be the one you want me to be, to be the one you want me to be. Verse And he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his father's son, and said, Is this your younger brother of whom you speak unto me? And he said, God be gracious unto thee, my son. 
verse 30. And Joseph made haste, for his bowels did yearn upon his brother, and he sought where to weep, and he entered into the chamber and wept there. Verse 31. And he washed his face and went out and refrained himself and said, Set on bread. Verse 2. Verse 32. And they set on for him by himself, and for them by themselves, and for the Egyptians we did with eat with, with him by themselves, because the Egyptians might not eat bread with the Hebrews, for that is an abomination unto the Egyptians. What's this one meaning? Now, this was not about sitting on the same table. This was about um, consuming the same thing. Consuming the same thing. The Bible says that we should not have fellowship with darkness. Light should not have fellowship with darkness. You don't consume the same thing with them. There are things that are of the world. You don't consume it. You have to know. There are things that the more you watch them, the more worldly you become. You protect yourself against them. He said the Egyptians don't even, they don't eat with the Israelites. It says an abomination to them. So Egypt has the standards. Egypt has the standards. You don't settle there. You don't settle there. Remember, when Daniel went to Babylon, he told them, he said, no, don't give me your meat. He said, serve me with vegetables. Serve us with vegetables. What we eat is different. We eat different things. What we eat is different. We don't build a house in Egypt. I would talked about Abraham. I would say, they looked for a city whose maker and builder is God. Wherefore, God was not ashamed to be called their God. God was not ashamed to be called their God. They looked for a city. They believed that they were pilgrims. They believed that they just came to pass through the world. We did not come to pitch a tent in the world. I'm looking forward to eternity. I'm looking forward to Jesus being proud of me. That's what I'm looking forward in my life too. That's what I'm looking forward to in my life too. I know that I'm passing through this world. I know this world is not a place that I pitch my tent. No, 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 no. So I, I, I check God's estimations. I check what God is weighing on the balance. I, I check what God is weighing on the balance. God, look at Belshazzar. The son of the king Nabonidus. He looked at Belshazzar and he wrote on the wall, on the wall, many, many tekel of a sin. He said, you, you, your, your kingdom has been weighed and you have been found wanting. You have been weighed. When God weighs you, what do you weigh? God's exchange rates if they check you. Abomination to the Egyptians. So God too told them, they, they told the Israelites, 
so you don't mix with them. Don't mix with them. Don't mix with them. Oh, I read a, I read a scripture when we're having the 21 days prayer and fasting. We said, God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. You know the meaning of that prayer? God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. When, 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 when uh, um, uh, Jacob was blessing, he says, people, he said, that's what the children of Israel bless. He said, they were blessed like this, that God made you like Ephraim and Manasseh. Let me tell you something about Ephraim and Manasseh. They were the only children of, of, of Jacob who were born in Egypt. They were born in Egypt. So they should have picked Egypt. When I get to culture, I'll talk about it. They should have picked Egypt's culture. But no, they picked Israel's culture. So, God, so Jacob proclaimed, he said, God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. That even though you were born in the world, even though you are, you, are, you are in the world, you're not part of the world. You don't pick the world's culture. You pick God's culture. You take what God's word says concerning your life. You're walking in this world, but you pick God's culture. You take God's estimations. And you are walking with what Jesus has said. He said, he said what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Estimation. So when you put it on a, on a, on a weight and balance, that means when a, a soul is put here, a soul is far worth more than every money. That's why when we put our money into, into crusades, even if to win, win one soul, it is worth it. And we give our money to put in pastor on TV, even if, if, to win one soul, it is worth it. It's my dream to be the one you want me to be, to be the one you want me to be. I want you to sing it to the Lord for yourself. It's my dream to be the one. You know the thing about estimations? You know the thing about estimations? They determine your pursuit and your fulfillment. Estimations determine your pursuit and your fulfillment. There are some people, they are not happy in their life because they don't have a certain amount of money in their bank account. Why? They've been trained to think until you have this amount in your bank account, you have not succeeded in life. So your estimations, those values are given to you. Then all your life, that will be your pursuits. All your life, that will be your pursuits. When you get it, you think, ah, I have made it. Your estimations, they determine your pursuit and your fulfillment. You know what I'm pursuing? I'm pursuing that good and faithful servant. So I'm pursuing. Be in your feet, let's pray.